you are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher discuss how it feels to be deeply listened to. What does it mean when someone leans in and genuinely desires to hear more? Listen in as Candace and Cher name three things they've experienced in the presence of a good listener. Hey everyone, this is Candace with Processing Trauma Out Loud, and I am with my colleague Cher, and we're back for another episode where we're just discussing things that feel very important, not only to us, but we know are important to other people as well. Cher, we are on doing our cultivation series, and the last two episodes, we've been talking about deep listening. I really encourage you, if you haven't listened to those first two episodes, to go back and listen because it's just really good, helpful content. Today, we're going to go a little bit further into the discussion of what has it been like to experience someone who has deeply listened to you, otherwise known as attunement. And Cher, I'm just curious, when you started experiencing this whole nother level of being deeply listened to, what are some things that you specifically experienced and still experience? Right. And and love and long for mm-hmm. and offer to others too. I, I love that, that when we have begun to experience it, we can offer it to others and the quality of our relationships just changes. I think the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about what was meaningful for me when I began to experience someone deeply listening to me was I noticed that they were really present. It was like they they put the blinders on and they shut out the distractions and they were with me. And it was the eye contact where they leaned in and their eyes were fixed on me. And I knew that they were listening to every word that I was saying. And maybe they were picking up some of my nonverbal cues and even asking about them. Like, I noticed that you just did something, you know. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So just really sensing that they were present with me. Yeah, smiling right now because my coach did that very thing just a few hours ago. I met with my coach today and she said, I noticed as you were talking, you were you were leaning forward. But then when you said this thing, your body changed and you went back. And I just, I'm curious if you know what, if something shifted there for you. And and I was, I actually did have something shift and come up in me. And she just noticed it by my body language. She was present, right? She and, she and so she was able to offer you such a beautiful gift because she noticed that change in your body. I love that so much. Yeah. So just experiencing that someone is is there with you being fully present. Yeah. And I think it's so meaningful when we have experienced being dismissed because when we grew up being dismissed, we didn't have that person who really felt like we were worthy of their focus, where we were really worthy of them setting aside other things and just tuning into us. So I think when I first started experiencing it in in this particular area, I will say, not that I hadn't ever experienced it before because I had, but particularly I think in the area of discussing trauma, Mm -hmm. where there can be so much shame I think at at first it was even a little bit uncomfortable for me and some of the meetings were over Zoom. So as they would lean in, I would sometimes feel myself leaning back because 
I had to become more comfortable with what was it like to really be attuned to when I was more accustomed to what it was like to be dismissed. Yeah. So you almost, I'm thinking you almost had to learn how to let other people see you. Yeah. And be really present in that way. Yeah. And so I know you had spoken also about your experience of what was it like to be listened to deeply in the context of curiosity? Yeah. What was that like for you? Yeah, I think, and that's the second thing that we want to talk about here is that deep listening really does include curiosity where the person, as we're sharing, the person asks questions that draw us out more fully or cause us to go deeper. And it's for their understanding, but it's, but it's also for us that it enables us to process more fully or to say things a different way or to begin to talk about something that maybe we've never talked about before and we don't even really know what to say about it or where to go with it, but we desperately need to say it. And to have someone just say, can you tell me more? Or I heard you say this. Can you tell me what that felt like? Or when you talked about that, what were you feeling in your body? To be met with that kind of curiosity where someone was giving me the sense that they weren't in a hurry. I think I had always felt like people were feeling like, would you just hurry up and say what you need to say so we can go, you know? (laughs) But to feel like somebody was there and they weren't looking at the clock and they didn't care how much time it took, they wanted me to be able to express fully whatever needed to be said on that day. Yeah. That's good. I know one thing my coach did in the beginning that helped me to have some more self-awareness about my thinking pattern that I had was it's always either or it's black and white, either this or that. And she began just asking me questions at times about maybe a third way of looking at it. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's only two ways of looking at everything. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm telling you that really opened up a whole new resource for me when I'm getting backed into a situation where I feel like it's either this or that. And I'm like, wait a minute, is there a third path here? Mm. And oftentimes there is. And oftentimes the third path or the third way of perceiving something or looking at something is, is actually more helpful. Yeah. And I love that. And it's like a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we talked about when we talked about the formula for healing and we we really kind of came up with like the, the true formula for healing is sit and ponder. And I thought about that so much. And I think that that is also true here that when someone is curious with us, they are allowing us or enabling us, empowering us to sit and ponder because who has the answers here? It's, it's me. It's, it's, I, it's me discovering what is going on in my own body or what is going on in my own soul. And if I do not know how to get there, I need somebody who will sit with me and allow me to ponder my way through out loud. And and that, that happens when they're curious and they keep asking questions that help me go to places that I couldn't go by myself. 
Yeah, that's so good, which leads me to think about or kind of naming three things here specifically today. And it's when you are being deeply listened to and attuned to, and there's curiosity there. What happens for you in how that listener responds to you? When I experience their deep care, when they respond with something like, what just happened there? What was said to you? What was done to you? It matters. Mm. Or when they, you know, many tears, right? Long before I wept for my own story, Mm -hmm. I experienced others weeping with me or for me. And I, I knew that their care um, the things they said or the the look on their face. And, you know, mm-hmm. and again, at first, I think it it felt a little bit scary. It felt like, can I trust this? Like, are they really being honest here? But that kind of deep care in that moment was very, very in those moments. I've had I've had many of those moments. It's been very, very powerful for me. I'm thinking about when we've experienced childhood trauma, we oftentimes are I want to say the word is tolerate things like I'll just say tolerate things that other people are doing or saying behaviors that really we don't feel like are that big of a deal because we've just done it our whole lives, whether it's being emotionally abused, physically abused or whatever, or manipulated, or I won't go into all the details of how many different things that that could be that we've tolerated. But then when we start to being seen and heard and were able to share it to some, I mean, I have literally asked my coach before, yeah, that's not okay, is it? And, you know, the way she responds is, has been so comforting to me because now somebody else may see it and say, how could you not see that that's okay? And then you're like, but I've done this my whole life. And so it just seems normal. That could even be your own behaviors or your own responses. These patterns that it takes someone else to say, you know, sure, I'm going to say something that you said to me. One time you said, I, I'm just sorry. I, I just sad to see this place in you that has so much agony. Mm. And I went, wait, this is agony. I would have never called it agony. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just kind of my world. Does that make sense? What I'm saying there that we don't see what we've been in for years. Yeah. We minimize the level of our pain or the level of our struggle because it's normal for us. And when someone else shines the light on it and kind of makes a big deal about it, it can feel a little bit uncomfortable or to minimize, which I did many, many times. I said, well, it's not that big of a deal. Oh yes, it's a big deal. Right. And it caused me to pause and to think, okay, why am I so easy to forgive that when it happened to me. But if I saw it happening to another child, I would never say that it was okay. And yet it was my norm. So I didn't see it as being that significant. So Mm -hmm. hearing someone else bring that kind of care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just so meaningful. And if you've had or experienced complex childhood trauma, we want to say it is a big deal. It doesn't mean there's no hope or there's no healing, but complex developmental childhood trauma affected your development, affected the development of your brain, your emotions, your thoughts, your body sensations. And a lot of times we 
keep those with us for decades until we actually do have really good eyes and ears who can see us and hear us and start to gently lead us to question what we just thought was normal. Yeah, so true. And I think as we're talking here about cultivating this as a skill, it's like, we have to experience it, I think, before we can really, we, we can offer a lot, even when we haven't experienced it at, at these deep levels. But once we have experienced it at these deep levels, it is something that then we can begin to offer to others. The truth is, I think that so many people are longing for somebody to hear them well, or to see them well, or to bring some soothing and some good care, some pure care where, where they're not consumed and they're not dismissed. Once we have begun to experience this, to taste it, we can offer it to others too. It requires some intentionality though, I think. To really tune in, like you were speaking about in our previous session about this man who, before he meets with people, he set, he does rituals and he sets intentions. And I think that that's something that we really can do. We can intentionally learn how to offer this to the people who we are in relationships with. Mm -hmm. And instead of talking again about kind of some of the same old things like, you know, where did you go on vacation or you know, what remodeling did you do in your home or whatever? Not that those things are are totally unimportant, but in addition to that, can we begin to move toward each other with some intentionality that I would like to pursue a line of conversation differently today than I have before? Yeah, especially for those relationships that you are wanting to go deeper, that you do want to experience more connection. I have something coming up in me and we're not going to be able to talk about it right now because it would be a whole nother episode. I think I do this to you every so often. We'll <laughs> ask you if we can. And, and if you say no, it's okay. But what does it look like to go into a conversation without assumptions? I know that seems impossible to have no assumptions, but what if we just assumed that we need to know more, we need to understand more? I don't know. Sometimes I think assumptions are sneaky little things that really sabotage what could be a really good conversation. Yeah, I know. I love that, Candace. And I think in addition to that, and I think we can talk about this also in the same episode, is what do we do with the judgments that pop into our mind as that other person is talking? How, how do we deal with the judgment or, or that voice that's that's kind of talking in one ear while we're listening to someone share. I think this also is so important because it can derail a conversation so fast. Yes, judgments towards self and others, harsh judgments. Yeah, I want to I want to say it's not it, it's more like judgmental, right? This judgment towards ourselves or towards others will never lead people feeling seen, soothed, safe, and secure. Yeah. And the fact is, is that sometimes they do come up. It's not bad or wrong. We right. don't have to go into shame if those judgmental thoughts comes up, but how can we process them in the moment, in a, in a second, in, in 10 seconds or 15 seconds and let them go so that we can stay engaged? 
Yeah, that's good because we know they're going to happen, but what can we do about it? So I'm guessing maybe our next episode will be on judgments and assumptions. (laughs) That come up during a conversation. I like that very much. Well, it was good to be with you again around cultivating deep listening, especially coming from a place of healing from childhood trauma. And I look forward to our next conversation. Me too, Candice. Love you, friend. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.